We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Side caught, and it's called for first down by Weiss. Steps out of attack, but he's down to the 15. It's a touchdown. 17 plays, 87 yards. Network from Learfield IMG College, live at Moody's Country Store and Barbecue. This is Sooner Sports Talk, presented by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Also brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Bud Light, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football and by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Now, 
Here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. All right, welcome everyone to Rudy's. It is time for Sooner Sports Talk. Glad you've joined us tonight on this hour every week. We are normally joined by the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley, but it is a bye week. So first off, Welcome the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner, Teddy Lehman, everyone. I thought you were never going to get to that, Toby. Thank That's my you. apologies. I missed it last <laughs> hour. And it is our great thrill to welcome in the rest of our radio family this hour, the Warful Trophy winner and multi-time academic All-American, Gabe Eichert, and the greatest sideline guy in all of college football, Chris Plank. Please welcome them in as well, everyone. Howdy, fellas. How are we doing tonight? Good. We're right next to each other again. Yeah, again. So we're, gonna, <laughs> we're, we're, we're socially distanced. I, Toby, will be proud of me. I turned off the Dodgers game. You've got my full focus right wow. now. So, so we'll we'll have some fun recapping uh, a wild, wild. So you didn't see the Braves three-run home run that was no, just No, we saw wow. it. No, we saw it. We he, saw it. Don't uh, worry. He decided that's television. When sh- that's when he turned it off. That, yeah, that okay. shut everything down. But Sorry no, hey, that. we're excited to talk about a wild and a hot. Saturday in Dallas, gentlemen. Yeah, you guys had to endure it. They were down on Eichard's Island <laughs> and on the sidelines for the entirety of the day. Gabe, we'll start with you. Big picture takeaway from 53-45 in four overtimes. A good win. I'm, it, anytime you beat Texas, it's a good thing. There's no doubt. But this is a football team that still has a lot of improving to do. I don't want to rain on the parade. I know it was exciting, four overtimes, back and forth. It was great, but this was a game that should have never gone to overtime. Uh, Oklahoma's offense had four drives in the fourth quarter to go put the game away, to go put it out of reach, and they weren't able to do it. The defense had the chance to get a couple stops in those last couple drives, so the fourth quarter woes continue. Now, I want to give them credit. They bounced back. They answered in overtime. They made the plays they needed to make to win the game, but it should have never come to that. So a lot of improvement to make this week during the bye week for Oklahoma on the practice field, and it's a lot easier to do that when you just won as opposed to just losing. So great win, but a lot of room for improvement for this football team. Chris, what would you think? I thought it was really cool to see the way that Spencer Rattler responded after, I guess, what, what can we say? Got put in timeout, timeout. or how, however you want to look at it. But Quarterback I, timeout. I love the way that he responded, guys, because let's face it, in a lot of situations, if you get you know, taken out of a game, you might pout, you might be down, it might affect you the rest of the game. Spencer Rattler got better because of that. And again, Lincoln Riley made it a point to, to really bring this up in our post-game interview and on his post-game Zoom, and I think today, too. Give some credit to Tanner Mordecai, who really helped stabilize things for the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, even though he had the drop ball on the rollout, but helped stabilize things. And then Spencer Rattler really found his groove as of that offense, that 17-play drive. That was uh, amazing. Maybe I think Gabe called it the drive of the year, maybe the drive of the last couple of seasons. So uh, I came away really feeling good about the future for Spencer Rattler. And how about T.J. Pledger, man? Yeah. He really took the opportunity with McGowan out, and pardon the pun, but really ran with it. No, I thought Pledger looked really good. Uh, Major came in and, and had some nice things. Even Spencer Rattler, we saw him keep it in the quarterback running game a couple of times. Gabe, what do you think was the difference with the offensive line, if anything, from previous weeks? Yeah, I thought they were a little better on their details, uh, their combinations, understanding what the defense was going to do. But, Teddy, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Texas isn't very good on defense. They're, they're just not very good on the defensive line. 
you know, we talked about it during the broadcast. They did some things, especially with their edge players, that uh, I didn't really understand. Running up the field, creating large gaps in the running game, and credit to Oklahoma for taking advantage of those things. But we talked about it going into the game, and especially after watching OU gash them. That Texas defense does not understand how their coaching staff wants them to fit the run. They just don't. I think OU could have run it even better. I was very excited about some more QB run game being added into the game plan. I think Spencer Rattler now at this point, he's shown the ability to get down and protect himself. But I saw some better things from the guard positions, especially Marquise Hayes. He had some good moments in that football game. I also think Anton Harrison beginning to grow a little bit at left tackle, getting some more experience at that position. So uh, I like the blend of the gap scheme and the zone stuff. And, and I would like to see Oklahoma continue to run a little more of that zone. I think it fits their backs a little better. But they were balanced. And I think that's why you saw some good offensive production from them. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Hey, whether you're home gating or tailgating for the OU game, make a winning play with Tostitos chips. Tostitos packs the crunch for a touchdown in taste. We'll take an opening timeout. When we come back, today Lincoln Riley talked about his decision to replace Spencer Rattler in the second quarter on Saturday. We'll hear what Coach had to say and react to it coming up next. You're watching Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, brought to you by AT&T. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rudy's. It is a radio roundtable tonight. Hey, Sooner fans, when you download the Chick-fil-A app and order, you can start earning points toward delicious rewards. We're looking back on 53-45 in quadruple overtime over Texas on Saturday. And uh, in the second quarter, Spencer, Riley got, or Spencer Rattler got benched by Lincoln Riley in this game. He was asked during a media briefing earlier today about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, we hadn't been in that situation a ton, but it was just kind of made sense. It was kind of the right recipe. You know, we'd had a couple of bad plays in a row and and uh, you know I thought it was the right thing to try to try to calm Spencer down and Tanner had practiced well and has experience and 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 uh, I have a lot of confidence in him so it made it made a lot of sense at the time um, and I, I do believe it was the right thing to do um, I thought Tanner did a good job that's not always the easiest situation to, to just go into uh, just kind of uh, a little bit cold turkey, if you will, and just just goes you know goes straight in there. I thought he I thought he stabilized us, um, you know, and I thought really he made uh, you know he, he, the ball slipped out of his hands when he was scrambling to the left, or I think would have had a big play, and then he he uh, then didn't, didn't throw a good ball. We didn't have a very good route on the ball that Rambo ended up catching off off of a tip, and then other than that, um, I thought he played I thought he played pretty well, got us driving, um, you know, and had we not fumbled, looked like we had a chance to to, uh, you know, go two for two there on those drives. Chris and Gabe, this was fascinating uh, to listen to you guys cover on Saturday as we were all trying to figure out what was going on in the second quarter. Was Spencer Rattler hurt? Was he just being yanked? And then as the game unfolded, obviously he goes back in. Gabe, did you like the call and did it work? I liked it because it worked. <laughs> That's why I liked it. It, it, it. Guys, it was weird. I mean, we're, Plank and I were trying to solve the mystery there in the Cotton Bowl, but I, I thought it was a good message 
from Lincoln Riley, not only to Spencer Rattler, but to this entire football team because they had been making mistakes. They'd been playing sloppy football. And I think this sent the message to every guy on that roster that if you do not do what you are coached to do, you will not play. And sometimes the players need to be reminded of that. And it kind of makes everyone refocus when you yank the quarterback out of the game. And like Lincoln Riley said, Tanner Mordecai, other than the hilarious fumble, which we, we all laughed about, but other than Not that. Not at the time. It wasn't funny at all. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't funny at the time, but we once again, since they won, we can laugh about it. But other than that, he was solid. He did what he needed to do. And Lincoln Riley spends more time with these quarterbacks than anybody, right? He's the play caller. He's the QB coach. So I'm assuming he knew Spencer Rattler would respond positively to that situation. If he thought Spencer Rattler would just go in a hole and not be able to come out of it after getting pulled, I don't think he would have done that. So I think that's him reminding everyone, hey, do your job, and also him knowing Spencer Rattler to the level that he knows him. Chris, a couple of things, you know, uh, Mordecai, as Gabe pointed out, we watched there, came in in that first drive, and it looked pretty good, stabilized them, uh, did some good things there. But then the next drive was kind of disjointed, and we saw the fumble. There was a free play where he threw an interception, and then we go into halftime. Had he not made those couple of plays there, do you think he would have been the quarterback coming out the second half? And is this kind of a situation we're going to see throughout the year, or was that just a one-off instance? All right, I think it was a one-off instance. You never know, but I think it was a one-off instance. Second thing, that's a great point. I was talking about that today with some friends. If, if Tanner Mordecai goes out and is dealing and he's dropping dimes. If he takes him down the field again, he stays in. He stays he in the game. Exactly. He stays in the game. Exactly. So I think that's one of the more interesting conversation pieces from this, Ted, and it's a challenging question to answer because you're absolutely right. Who knows? You know, who knows what direction it goes? I'll tell you what, I was going over some of my notes and I was kicking myself uh, I brought it up to Lincoln in the post game show I had noticed a few times after drives it wasn't just a Spencer Lincoln conversation he would make sure to bring over Tanner and I was thinking alright are they setting something up to where maybe we'll see two quarterbacks on the field for a play you know with with yeah we, we, we've seen a lot with some trickeration if you will but lo and behold it ended up being making sure that Tanner was ready because if there was a month, another mistake which ended up happening he was going to end up in the game so that's a very long answer to a very good question. I think if Tanner Mordecai was dealing, he would have an opportunity to continue to play. But I think it worked out for the best because the confidence seems to be reinstilled in Spencer Rattler. In the postgame locker room, he seemed to understand why it happened and where he needs to continue to improve. Another reason why uh, the radio broadcast is the way to go, folks, because these guys are all over it on the <laughs> sidelines on Saturday. Mike was hey, all hey, over it. Even he was, though hey, he was telling us the brand of Icy Hot. Biofreeze is what they're putting on. But, but no, the funny part part of it all is, is I guess if we're going to praise yourself and call each other out, is Gabe and I both agreed that Spencer Rattler did not look like a guy that was warming up right. in the second half Body to come language. back in the game. He threw the ball like four times. Right, right. That's it. <laughs> it didn't look like it was about to go in at all. And then all of a sudden, right. he's dropping the game. Up and I was like, all right, we're there we go. seven. Academy Sports and Outdoors inbox. I got a question related to Spencer Rattler that came in. Teddy, I'll ask you. Bobby McKay says, is it a fair comparison to say Rattler's overtime win over Texas will do the same for his growth with the team that Baker's overtime win in Tennessee did 
for Baker. What kind of a springboard can this be for Spencer Rattler? I think, you know, the fact that he finally got to end a game on a positive note is a big thing for him. You know, we've had yeah. two Big 12 games where the last ball he threw of the day was intercepted yeah. and the game's over, essentially. So, yeah, I mean, I think this could catapult him. You know, not only did he, he throw a, a touchdown to win a two-point conversion, you know, he also got benched in that game. So to come back, play well down the stretch, um, you know, throw a touchdown to win the thing, I think it is something that he could really build on. You know, is it a guarantee? No, he's a, he's a freshman and he's doing freshman things, turning the football over. If he gets a handle on the turnovers, then the sky's the limit for him this season. Gabe, you agree? Completely agree. Um, hopefully that's a moment that we all remember as kind of the turning point for Spencer Rattler. And I know he's got a lot of pressure on him. Extremely talented kid and this season didn't get off to a great start. But individually, I think that will be a huge moment of growth for Spencer Rattler. It, it was a, a bit of a humbling experience for sure. him probably, but I also think it's gonna make him more focused than ever throughout the week on the practice field. Like he knows now, how thin the margin of error is. And I think that's a very good thing for a young football player to understand. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk a little defense when we come back. You're watching a radio roundtable tonight. Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Welcome back, everyone. Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Hey, how would you like to be able to listen to Gabe and Teddy and Chris and the rest of the Sooner broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your home? I've got good news. You can do it. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. Sooners win at 53-45 in four overtimes on Saturday in the Cotton Bowl. And the defense, hard to imagine in a game with that many points, but they played a big part they forced three turnovers, and one of the stars of the game was a guy you had in your spotlight before we started, sophomore linebacker David Aguebu. Lincoln Riley was asked about Aguebu earlier today. He's, he's really progressed. You know, we, we almost moved him, the inside backer, we were going to before spring ball started, and then uh, uh, Benito got hurt in the spring. I mean, it wasn't anything serious, but he was going to have to miss some, you know, a decent amount of springs. So then we moved him back. You know, to that rush spot, um, and then just as the year kind of unfolded, and as we talked more about it, um, you know, we thought those guys had two, of, you know, had chances to be two of our better players, and we didn't really want them stacked up at the same position. And you know, young players that that you think have some upside, and 
And obviously, you know, we, we felt like we needed some of the depth and, and, and experience that, that David had from playing in a year and, and some of that talent in the inside linebacker room. So we've always thought he had a skill set that, that could potentially fit there. And he's done a good job handling it. You know, Coach Odom's done a, a really nice job bringing him along in a short time. You know, he reminds me – they're they're different types of players, but there's a lot of similarities to him and Kenneth in that you know Kenneth's first year or two here, you could tell he you could tell he was going to be really good at the position, but you could also tell that he hadn't played it and and was kind of learning on the fly. And I think there's been some of that with David, but David has really progressed nicely to the point where you know we're very confident with him being in the game, making plays, and I think a game like that will do nothing but you know boost his confidence. Hopefully, he continues to progress and play well. I know you love this guy. He's 6'4". He's massive. Is it just a matter of him kind of mentally figuring out the position and he'll be a star? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most difficult things in football to do is to move from an outside edge position to an inside position. The vision is different. The technique is there's zero carryover between the two spots at all. So it's really, really hard. He's done a good job for a guy that got no spring with it, got no summer with it. And a limited training camp, as we all know. So uh, hasn't had really any live reps until we go out there. And I think he's done good. You know, the first couple of weeks against Kansas State and Iowa State here in the Big 12, not good weeks to throw in inexperienced guys at linebacker and and secondary because of all the shifts and motions that we were going to see from those squads. So Texas was a little bit different offensively. Uh, Great opportunity for him to get in there, I think. He adds a little bit in the pass rush game whenever we're blitzing our inside backers. He adds a nice presence in some of the run game just because of the size and, uh, you know, the physicality that he can bring because of the long arms and the extra weight that he packs compared to some of the other guys. So the more reps he gets, the better he's going to become. The sky really is the limit. I mean, he's 250 pounds, 6'4", like you said, but he runs. He doesn't look like a big lumbering linebacker. He looks like a guy that has some good quickness inside the box and uh, can still get outside, cover well, and run sideline to sideline. And I always laugh about it with Gabe. Gabe, you know, whenever you go up on a backer from an offensive line, it's a little bit different when you're going up against a 220-pounder than a 250-pounder. Yeah, you see that number two up there, and you're just like, whoa. whoa. Um, <laughs> no. it, it'll, it'll make you think twice about your approach up to the second level, but – Teddy, something you mentioned about Aguebu that I really liked was him in the pass rush aspect of things. I liked some of the things they did using him as a spy, having them add on to the rush late. Also, we're starting to see him get involved in some of the pressure packages where he can use some of those things he used to do as an edge rusher. He can be involved in those two or three-man twist games, and he's gotten home a couple of times on those. So he's a versatile guy and he looks absolutely incredible in a jersey it's unreal <laughs> chris we've been asking for turnovers we've been asking for pressure on the quarterback they forced three turnovers including the game winner saturday six sacks i mean i know there's work to be done there but boy that was encouraging yeah uh and uh, not, not to correct you toby but takeaways right i mean it's not okay. takeaways okay. as well but you know i I like the energy that it brings on the sideline and, you know, you see everyone that get their fist up and it really shows a lot of unity. It just changes the whole aspect of the game. I mean, Gabe, we see it. We get a chance to see it firsthand, but when they get those takeaways, when they're able to get the football back, if it's a turnover on downs, if it's a forced fumble, if it's 
interception, interception. I mean, I don't have to lay out what all takeaway, takeaways are, but it changes the whole energy on the sideline. It's like a whole new team whenever they get another opportunity with the football. Yeah, just think about how big that forced turnover was early in that football game. I mean, that first drive for Oklahoma offensively was a disaster. <laughs> right. I mean, it, they just looked all out of sorts, and they kind of got bailed out by the defense. I mean, Keontae Ingram fumbles the football. They take it away, and the offense goes down and turns it into points. Unfortunately, it was three instead of seven. But still, those plays are massive right. in a game. Yeah, and, and Ted, it's an effort-based defense. And I think that's why I dug that Keontae Ingram fumble so much because that was an effort play. A strip from Asamoe. You saw Perrion Winfrey hustling down from behind. I mean, that's, that's what this defense is all about is that effort-based takeaway. Yeah, and that's why they play multiple guys. You'll see them well, play 10 defensive backs in the game. Uh, we've got a big group of defensive linemen that rotate their way through. Uh, you know, we saw, uh, what, three or four different backers play. So they're going to play a bunch of guys. And you need that. These hot games early in the season, it was it was brutal down there. So, yeah, I mean, the one thing that I'd like to see, the, like, the difference in that game between when our defensive line was in the backfield pressuring Ellinger and when they weren't was drastic. That's really what happened is down the stretch, the fourth quarter, when some of those drives got extended, Ellinger was scrambling around. Those guys got winded, and we lacked that penetration and pressure on the quarterback, and he was able to hit us for some big plays. So the more consistent we get, I believe the tackling is already better than what it was early in the season. Uh, I, I think that our, our play in the secondary is coming around. We're seeing more guys back there. The defensive line is the story, and I think they have the ability to maybe lead the entire defense and be the strength yeah. uh, whenever they're putting pressure on the quarterback. Isaiah Thomas looked good. He did. I mean, and pairing on Winfrey, we talked about it. Whenever, whenever he decides to go, he's unblockable. Hey, congratulations to Perry on Winfrey in taking the greatest gold hat trophy picture pretty good one in the history of OU usually football. they're like happy and everyone's smiling menacing that intimidating no, I'm scared. I mean, if you haven't seen it it's uh it's fantastic but I mean you add hopefully if you add Ronnie Perkins back in with Perry on Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas the way they played then I mean you got something special cooking then yeah I feel like you know Benito had a pretty quiet start to the season uh, with some big expectations and I feel like he's he's really picked it up the last couple of games uh, specifically against Texas you know they had him in that kind of spiral a couple of times and he made some nice plays so um, it's going to get more difficult the more you put on film the more teams uh, see what your strengths and weaknesses are and call plays accordingly so we've got it as a total unit play better and better and I think we're doing that. I mean, all you can ask is for those guys to make incremental improvements week after week, and I think that's happening. Do we feel better about the secondary? Gabe, do we feel better about the secondary after Saturday? I feel a little better. Um, now, Trey Brown, he got robbed of a beautiful yeah. interception. That was a horrible defensive holding call, but he did some good things. And, and I know they're getting some penalties back there, but I kind of like the aggressiveness that Roy Manning's instilling in those guys. I mean – Dare the refs to call it. I mean, play physical in the back end. I loved what I saw from Woody Washington. Mm -hmm. He was in great phase in coverage. He came up, made some tackles. We thought that interception he had was the one that was going to seal the game. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> but I was, I was ecstatic with the way that Zero played on Saturday. 
Sooner fans, come visit the best place to gear up on your favorite OU products, the Sooner Shop, the official fan shop of OU Athletics, located on the west side of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. We'll take a timeout. Let's talk some special teams, Teddy. Let's do it. When we come back, you're watching a radio roundtable on Sooner Sports Talk tonight, and we're brought to you by AT&T. OU's football games were available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Dr. Tim Shannon and Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics Exclusively are proud to present the junior captain of the game and are pleased to honor these guests as they take the field with our captains. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, go to orthoexc.com. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Welcome back at the Radio Roundtable tonight along with Teddy and Gabe and Chris. We've got a Budkiss brain teaser. Teddy's got a trivia question for us tonight, guys. But before we get to that, Maryland in-house says, asks, do you think the Big 12 champ will have two losses this year i hope so yes we yeah i mean i I honestly (laughs) considering we spotted the conference two games early on i feel pretty good about our chances i mean there's not a game down the schedule that you look at and say boy we're we're not going to win that one i mean i I like our chances uh i think oklahoma state's going to be a tough challenge but i think we win that game we got to get past TCU, you know, they've got a capable athletic quarterback that is prone to some mistakes, but can hit you for some big plays. So, yeah, I mean, I I like our chances down the stretch. So, yes. Agree. Agree. Are you ready for the Butkus brain teaser? The question is, are you guys? I don't know. (laughs) Brought to you by the uh, Oklahoma Education Association, putting education First, Teddy Lehman, what is the Butkus brain teaser tonight? Okay, so uh, just looking back at the game, uh, Ellinger, four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Brock Purdy had one. Skylar Thompson had three. So we've given up eight rushing touchdowns so far in Big 12 play, and it got me thinking, who is the Big 12 single-season rushing touchdown leader um, at the quarterback position? So, single-season quarterback, rushing touchdown record. Hmm. Okay. I I feel like there's got to be two pretty obvious options. The first thing that come to my head, Blake Bell or Colin Klein? Colin Klein came right to head. What about Jalen Hurts? Ooh. Are you looking at his notes? Can you see? What about – what about from Nebraska running the option? He's trying to mislead us. Don't fall for this. He wouldn't be bringing it up if it was an answer. Well, I'm just throwing it into the mix for you guys. Uh, are we are we going to go with three individual answers, T. Row? Are we going with the collaborative? We all answers? get something different. I know, right? <laughs> better chance of getting. I, uh, I think that we could all give a different answer. Um, I'm going. I'm going with Hertz. Okay. I'll go Colin Klein. 
Right. What did Hurts he have? Twenty? Did he have twenty rushing touchdowns and thirty-two you got passes? The answer? I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> Chris, I mean, Colin Klein almost won the Heisman that year, and they came to Norman. So to did Hurts. He was second. He's really trying to talk us out of something he's there. Try, I, he's way too high on I Hertz. have no idea. I'm, I'm right. just commentating as you guys make your way through it. Chris, what's your answer? Are you sticking with Klein? Because I'm going with Colin Klein, too. I'm with Gabe on this. I think it's Colin Klein. It's definitely no one from Texas Tech. Who you got? Colin Klein. <laughs> wow. Let's go. Seven rushing touchdowns in 2011. He's an assistant up there now, yeah, right? Quarterback, right. coach. What's uh, what we got here? Klein 27, Klein 23, Hurts 20. So we so, covered yeah. the top three. We did pretty good. Not bad. I'm counting that as a uh, victory. Now, I want to know why he was trying to throw us off the scent with the Nebraska. Well, uh, because I threw Colin Klein out there well, right away. Start, and he was like, dang it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's pretty much true. But, yeah. I mean, come on. The guy was fantastic at Nebraska. No one even mentioned him. Eric Crouch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, let's hear what Lincoln had to say earlier today about Spencer and some of the other youngsters getting uh, the opportunity to learn very quickly. Yeah, I mean, that year had some, you know, some different types of adversity in that, you know, year one and people trying to learn stuff and all that. And, and uh, you know, this year is a little bit different. I mean, it's, you know, we were, we're playing again with just a lot of a lot of young guys and all the other challenges. So for, for a first year quarterback, there's some unique challenges here that first year quarterbacks have never had ever at any school. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, but it's all part of, all part of, of the growth process and you've got to continue to push through whatever's in front of you. You got to continue to get better, stay confident in yourself and, and make the plays that you're capable of making. And so, uh, you know, I think to, to be able to continue to improve and again, execute, especially like we did there in the second half, um, I think, you know, we'll give those guys a lot of confidence um, and a belief that we can handle anything that's thrown our way in this crazy year. Hey, Gabe, before we talk special teams, I want to ask you, we found out today what I think we knew late last week was that Chris Murray is now eligible. He didn't play Saturday, but could if he's healthy going forward. How big of a lift is this and how big of an impact do you think he could make? Yeah, this is a guy that was challenging for that starting spot at right guard. The interesting part about it is when they were thinking about starting him at right guard, I think they were planning on starting Tyrese Robinson maybe at right tackle and having Adrian Ely start at left tackle. So I don't know what Anton Harrison's situation, how that affects what they do with Chris Murray, but I know one thing. They love the way this kid plays. Tough, nasty, physical, is not afraid to mix it up. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He doesn't look like what we've grown accustomed to OU's guards looking like, but he's a really good player, plays with good technique, is an aggressive offensive lineman. That's the kind of guy Bill Biedenboe is going to give a chance. So he's going to get in the mix. I mean, he's going to get some snaps so he can show what he can do. Teddy, you've been screaming for special teams for a couple of weeks. Kansas State made a big play against them. Iowa State made a big play against them. Oklahoma came up with the big special teams plays on Saturday. Yeah, they did. And, you know, in games like this, those plays tend to be the difference. So, yeah, Aguebu comes through, and he makes a nice play. I think it was more of a horrible play on the part of the punter, but – 
those type of gaffes, you know, can really turn a, a football game. So, yeah, it's nice to see. Hopefully this is a moment to build on it, looking back and saying, hey, look at that block field goal. Look at what that block punt did for us in some big-time moments. We were able to kind of turn the tide, change the momentum. We need to capitalize on this and make it more of a weapon moving forward. The return by Marvin Mims. Big. Bushevsky yeah. made two tackles. For Texas in that game. That's not gave that Chris. He also that's got not a personal foul. <laughs> he did. Never a good stat when no. you're punters on the tackle list. Chris, it was good to see, wasn't it? Yeah, and I love the moment afterwards. I think the cameras caught it where Aguebu's coming off the field and Shane Beamer leaps into his arms and it's just this big bear hug because you realize that moment for a guy who's, well, his last name is Beamer. So he was growing up being taught about the special nature of special teams and the importance of it. I mean, that was the calling card for the Beamer family. So, you know, Shane had to be frustrated. Coach Beamer had to be frustrated with the way things had gone through the first couple of weeks. Then to see it be a mega difference maker on Saturday in the way that it was, it was amazing. And, you know, it's, it, it's wild because if you look back on the history of OU Texas, it always seems like it's a special teams play, you know, big kick return. I mean, we can go back, Toby, I think the first or second year we called games, Alex Ross had a huge kick return that kind of changed the whole game. Uh, Jalen Saunders and a punt return that he had, I think in, in 11 or 12, kind of changed the whole ice against Oklahoma it, State. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and just in you need these big time plays and Marvin Mims, he's looks the part every time he touches the football on a punt return uh, and to see them get a piece of a punt, I thought was a big yeah, and block a field goal for that matter. too. you know, we talk about block punts so much that blocked field goal in overtime changed every I mean, again, Oklahoma missed a field goal, but it took a lot talk of about that. It took a lot of the pressure <laughs> off Oklahoma whenever they got the football back. All right. We do something on the radio broadcast before every game. We spotlight a guy. You guys do that you think may have a big game. I want to do the reverse of that in our final segment. So I'm going to give you a commercial break to think about it. A guy that you feel like may vault forward because of the performance they had against OU Texas may kind of make something click for them and they're going to vault forward because of that. So take it over. Get your officially licensed Sooner Gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of OU Athletics. One more segment coming up. It's a radio roundtable tonight on Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. All right, last segment. Whenever there's a Sooners game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Please drink responsibly. Teddy says there are only four acceptable answers for this final segment. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. The reverse spotlight coming out of OU Texas. Okay. Springboarding their career forward. Who you got? Nick Benito. I didn't I, even have him on the list. That's not right. That's not right? No, that's not, uh, not an acceptable failed. answer. I failed. Uh, no, but, I thought he was better, though, Plank. That's true. Uh, he had five tackles. Uh, he seemed to live in the backfield. Needs to be better. But, you know, I, I heard that name a lot coming into the season from a certain guy who used to wear number 11. Yeah. So I feel like that Nick Benito is a guy that can use what he did on Saturday to spring forward. All right. Uh, Teddy says that's incorrect. Gabe? I, I'm scared mine's not going to be on the <laughs> list either. But uh, – I really liked what I saw from Theo Weiss. Yes. Oh, that's, that's an acceptable answer. Yeah. That's I on mean, the, list. The, the eight I, I, That was catches, my first one. I, the eight catches, a lot of them to extend drives, had the good grab on the two-point conversion. I don't know. It, it, it just seems like a guy that he, he should be producing more. And maybe this is the game that gets him going a little bit. He's been surprisingly quiet early in the year. And I think that's the type of game that can really springboard him into a bigger role in this offense. I'll take, uh, since there's so many left out there. You've already talked there, about Aguebu, so I'll take pleasure. 
Okay. Because I thought what I saw from Pledger was really good. You know, a lot of our running running game stuff, the gap schemes, it takes patience. And I thought his patience was there. His rhythm was there. He made guys miss. He ran through tackles. He caught a couple balls out of the backfield. I feel like that was his moment. And from this point forward, I know he had the fumble early, which probably was his best run. But I feel like Lincoln is going to go back and look at that film and say, okay, this can be a guy that we get involved more. He's going to say, okay, congratulations. Seth McGowan's coming back next week. And Ramondre (laughs) Stevenson the week after that. So uh, I'll go Stogner. Unless you feel like he had already arrived. He had already arrived. That's not. He's the leading receiver on the team. But this was OU Texas. I mean, what, that was, what he did in overtime was tough. I think you could have said Isaiah Thomas. I think you could have said Woody Washington. That's an acceptable one. Uh, I think you could have said Perry on Winfrey. Could you have said Spencer Rattler? No. Okay. No. No, Stogner has been my player of the game pretty much every single week. But he took another step Saturday that's in my true. mind. I mean, that's I true. think he made clutch plays at clutch moments. So, Fair enough. Thanks for being the adjudicator of this Even the drop he had was clutch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, fellas, for joining us tonight. Great stuff, Gabe. Chris. Thank you, Toby. Thanks for having us, man. Next week, Lincoln Riley will be back alongside for Sooner Sports Talk. We'll be right here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Come on out and join us. We'll be getting you set for OU and TCU. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody.